Hello, everybody, and welcome to MC's Take on America. My name is MC. That is short for Mr. Canada. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Senate trial, um, what happened in it, and the outcome of it. And I'll give you my little take on it, and we'll do a little rundown on it. Um, I'll also talk about some of the aftermath that happened, um, including a statement that Trump released just today, which is Tuesday, the 16th. Trump released a statement today about Mitch McConnell. I'll get into that. All right. All that coming up on MC's Talk Taking on America. All right. So, as we know... The Senate trial was last week, ended with Trump not being convicted. We all knew that would happen. But what we didn't know was how, by what he would be convicted by. What would be the numbers? 57 to 43. 57 voted to convict Trump. 43 voted to find him innocent. However, due to the rules, it's not a majority you had to have two-thirds of the Senate for a conviction, and that number just was not reached. So we had um, they were actually Republicans that voted to convict him. Seven Republican senators joined the entire Democrat caucus in voting for conviction. Richard Burr from North Carolina, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Mitt Romney of Utah, Ben Sass of Nebraska, and Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. This was the most bipartisan conviction vote for any impeachment of a president in history. And yet, because of the rules stated in the, in the Constitution, that the number to convict him was not reached. So, after, so let's do a little background on, on this. So, it got had, Trump was impeached in the House for, um, um, in inciting the insurrection because he, he was impeached in the house um, because of the insurrection. So Ron, so they sent over the papers to the Senate. They were going, I believe they wanted to have the trial while Trump was still in office, but Mitch McConnell said, no, we're going to wait until he's out of office. What I think why I think he did that is because he th- knew that if he voted if we had they had the trial well while he was in office it it would be possible for him to actually be removed from power. And maybe more people. No, I don't know if this is true. Maybe more Republican senators would vote to convict and have him removed. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case, but I think maybe Mitch McConnell might have been thinking that. So if they have him out of power, 
maybe Mitch McConnell is thinking, maybe we can make this be an unconstitutional ruling. Like, maybe we could say it's the whole impeachment thing is unconstitutional. I know that was brought up, though. Anyways, moving on. Some people said that you can't impeach a former president. That's why it was uncon- unconstitutional to the some people, the um, defense team. They brought that up. Now let's talk about this defense team. So we are going into the uh, uh, pre-trial. All right. So, to start, on January 26th, Rand Paul, Republican Senator Rand Paul, forced a vote to dismiss the impeachment charge on the basis that it was unconstitutional to try a past president. That motion was defeated 55 to 45 with all the Democrats, both independents and five Republicans. Susan Collins, Murkowski, Romney, Sass, and Toomey. The vote was seen as a test vote, which to see who still supported Trump and to see if there was maybe enough votes to convict him or to find him innocent. So that's why Rand Paul did this. Now, even before he did that, everybody kind of knew that Trump would have been found innocent, would have been found not guilty. They're just weren't going to be enough Republican senators to find him guilty. But maybe enough, maybe enough could have been swayed to vote for him to be found guilty. So I'm not going to talk about what the uh, um, prosecution did, the uh, House managers did. They did a really, really phenomenal job. The uh, Democrat House managers. Their their case was very, very strong. Um, They showed um, footage from the insurrection. They they released new evidence, um, showed new video, released um, audio of the Capitol Police recordings. It was all very disturbing, very gutting, very heart wrenching. It, you no, know, they did a phenomenal job, and I, it, it it was quite. It was very, very damning to Donald Trump. Um. Now, let's talk about the dem the um the um prosecution i'm not the pro- i'm sorry the uh defense team so bruce castor junior david Schoen, and michael t vanderveen those were the republican the attorneys those are trump attorneys they issued a brief okay um now in the brief Um, 
they, um, so Trump, through his attorneys, um, said that the Democrats were engaging in a selfish attempt to capitalize on the storming of the Capitol and its aftermath. The attorneys argue that instead of healing the nation or prosecuting the lawmakers who participated in the riot, which many were still arrested, even as of this recording, some are actually still out there. And the FBI posts every day photos of them to say, hey, we're still looking for these people. Do you have information on these people? Trump's lawyers invoked partisan rhetoric, writing that Democrats suffer from Trump derangement syndrome, sought to silence a political opponent and a minority party as a years-long effort and hunger for this political theater that would be a danger to the republic, democracy, and the rights that we hold dear. Trump's lawyers cited discredited sources such as conspiracy theorists, the conspiracy theorists cite the Gateway Pundits. Yes, the Gateway Pundit. You might as well quote Newsmax and OANN. Because, you know, those are great news outlets to use for your case, right? These lawyers were a joke. They made a brief. They put out a brief in before that they misspelled United States. And I'm not even joking. They misspelled United States. Their lawyers were an embarrassment. Um, the House Democrats built a case, like I said, around Trump showing the footage. I, I, I can't praise them en enough. What they did was just such a phenomenal job. Um, so, one of the impeachment managers, uh, Jamie Raskin, um, brought up that people were phoning loved ones to say goodbye, and that the most haunting sound he's ever heard were people pounding on the door, and it sounding like a battering ram. Um... During the insurrection, um, it they brought up other facts during the insurrection that we knew about the gallows that was constructed outside so that they could hang pants. Um, some people were there was a guy sitting on Pelosi's at Pelosi's desk. You've seen that photo. He had a nine hundred fifty thousand volt stun gun. You've probably seen that. Um, Plaskett said that they were talking about assassinating the vice president. They did. They wanted to because they said that they did it. The insurrection people, insurrectionists said that they did it because Trump sent them. And they made this case. They showed Trump tweets. At they showed Trump tweets during the trial. They showed they posted. They had Trump tweets, and during the insurrection, Trump did tweet. And he had the, the Democrats showed video of the insurrectionists reading Trump tweets as they were going in. 
they actually did that. So, yeah, Trump was powering them to do this. Trump was inciting them to do this. Now, he didn't actually say, storm the Capitol, kill Mike Pence, kill Pelosi. No, he didn't actually say that. But it was his rhetoric, his wording type way, I guess, that made them do it. All right, so talk about this defense. Um, <laughs> so they opened with Vanderveen calling the impeachment of Trump unconstitutional an, an unconstitutional act of political vengeance, and that it was constitutional cancel culture. I could talk about cancel culture in a whole episode, and I, I'm not going to. It's just not talk about it. Um, they cited Trump's remarks at the rally on the 6th, the Trump rally he had on the 6th. Um, he, they, they said he encouraged those in attendance to exercise their rights peacefully and patriotically, and that it was a preposterous and monstrous lie that he incited the insurrection. Yet the insurrectionists were reading Trump tweets as they were storming the Capitol. But let's just ignore that evidence, right? The the Democrat the uh, defense team also argued that if the ca- that the Capitol that if the Capitol attack um, was premeditated, as criminal files have alleged. They had there's apparently some pipe bombs placed, um, that were there be that were placed before the insurrection. Trump could not have incited what was already planned. The thing is with that though, it's because of Trump's wording for the past four years, the four years of the tweets and the angry rallies that he had incited the mob. It wasn't just the one rally, it was all of them. It was all of the rallies. Schoen said that the House had afforded had afforded Trump's constitution Trump's they the House said Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> the defense team said that the House had not given Trump's counsel due process in the impeachment proceeding and claimed that the House had manipulated footage and relayed inaccurate info, which that's complete bullshit, by the way. That was not true, and that was not proven, so they tried to blame the Democrats, which obviously, of course, they're going to do that. They also criticized the managers for heavily saying um, reportedly as their standard of evidence. Reportedly did this. Reportedly did that. Um, they should... The, in, for their evidence, the um, defense team showed a compilation, a video, it was a compilation of multiple Democrats using wording such as you know, fights and whatnot. They, most of the footage was actually of black Democrats. Um, Maxine Waters, 
Al Green. They also had um, AOC in there. Um, Elizabeth Warren. Um, Nancy Pelosi. Joe Biden. Urging Trump to be impeached and attacked. And they used it as a double standard. To prove that the Democrats have a double standard. Um, So... During the um, they also showed multiple um, clips for what they say was hypocrisy of the Democrats' reaction to Trump's rhetoric. Um, the clips included Chuck Schumer appearing to um, threaten George, um, threaten Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch out of March 2020 pro-abortion rights rally. Um, the, like I said, the, the, the clips they used was, were, were fight and the phrase fight like hell. Um, they used speeches and interviews. A lot of them had Elizabeth Warren, like I said, in there, as well as quite a few uh, people of color that are a part of the Democrats. Um So, they um, show clips of Trump's speeches throughout the years um, and claimed that the Democrats always misrepresented what Trump was saying. Trump has always condemned violence and white supremacy. Um, They... um, said that Trump's um, words at the rally were just ordinary political rhetoric and that his words were protected under free speech. For their defense, all they took was three hours. That was their defense. They took three hours. Three hours to prove that Trump was innocent that he should not have been found guilty, that he should not be found um, guilty. Three hours. So after the defense rested, there was a Q&A session. Um, and let's, let's walk through that. So the first question um, was from Chuck Schumer and Dianne Feinstein, on whether, was whether the attack on the Capitol would have happened if not for Trump's conduct. Um, the House impeachment manager responded by quoting a Liz, uh, Cheney, Liz Cheney statement on Trump's actions. Lindsay, the Republicans, including uh, Lindsey Graham, uh, Ted Cruz, Kevin Kramer, Roger Marshall, submitted a question on whether politicians raising bail for rioters encouraged more rioters. Talking about Something Kamala Harris um, supposedly did um, with that. By the way, Lindsey Graham brought up after the trial was over that he said that if the Republicans get the House back, they want to um, impeach um, Vice President Kamala Harris because of of what I just said, of um, 
helping uh, bail out the rioters during the Black Lives Matter protests of 2020. Um, Raphael Warnock asked if it was true that the dozens of courts had previously rejected Trump's efforts to overturn the election, which, yes, it was. Um, there was other questions asked. Um, so Vanderveen discussed uh, a case which um, he called a landmark case on the issue of incitement speech to argue Trump did not mean for his supporters to storm the Capitol, calling his speech metaphorical. Um, uh, Mitt Romney and Susan Collins asked both sides whether Trump knew that Pence had been escorted from the Senate when Trump tweeted to disparage him. Manager Castro from the House insisted that he knew, referring to to Tuberville's call. It was brought up about Tuberville's had a call. Um, I don't have what the call was here, unfortunately. Um, you'll have to look that up. I, but uh, the Denver, the how the um, I'm sorry the. Um, Republican lawyer, the Trump's lawyer, Vanderveen, however, insisted that it was hearsay and there was no solid evidence to, due to a lack of due diligence. Bernie Sanders asked both sides whether, in their judgment, Trump lost the 2020 election or if he was repeating the big lie that his landslide election victory was stolen. Uh, Manager Plaskett of the House recalled that Trump lost a popular vote and a electoral vote and that the DOJ and courts had agreed all legal votes were counted. Um, Vanderveen refused to answer the question on the basis that his judgment was irrelevant. Ted Cruz asked a question equating Kamala Harris, who said that she would raise bail money for protests of the BLM report protests with the House article of impeachment. Um, Raskin replied that he would let Harris speak for herself and implored the standard that an outgoing president's conduct could be held to account be, conduct be held to account should be set. Raskin noted that the original permit for the rally that attendees would not march, but that plan was changed after Trump intervened. Vanderveen criticized Raskin for being unfamiliar with Harris's protected speech and that, and asked that the Senate protect Trump's. Quite a few other questions were asked. Um, they did a vote on subpoenas. They... The House did vote for it. The, the, the Senate did vote for it. They recessed to see what steps would be taken and you know who to call or not. And then they decided well, there won't be any witnesses. And they just went on with the uh, vote. However, they put new evidence in. Um, they allowed the House managers to read a statement from GOP Rep. Jamie Butler, Butler, Jamie Butler, and enter it into the record. Uh, Butler had told Butler had told many people her re- recollection of Trump's call to Kevin McCarthy, who descri- who uh, Trump called to Kevin McCarthy. Um, 
and I ha- it's a long statement. I'm not going to read it, but it's pretty damning to President Trump, to uh, former President Trump. Um, so closing arguments were made. Both, you no, know, for Trump getting impeached, for Trump being found guilty, and for Trump being found not guilty. I'm not going to get into them. Um, Trump was acquitted, 57 votes for in favor, 43 against. I already said who voted for the Republicans who voted for. Now there was some aftermath of that. The um, some Republicans who voted to convict. Uh, were censored by their respective states. Uh, uh, one re- of the Republicans who voted against to convict um, had some of his family members disown him. So they still have this. Trump still has a power in the GOP. It's like a cult to me. It, it, it's it's a cult. They're still. I don't know if they worship Trump, but they still act like he's the one in power that he's still the president and all must bow down to him if you don't support Trump you don't support the Republican Party you don't support the GOP when he's not even the leader anymore they got to find a new leader they got to find a new president a new person to run for president but they're just still focused on Trump they can't get Trump out of their head so in the after, also in the aftermath of this, Georgia's Secretary of State confirmed that his office is investigating Trump's attempt to overturn that state's election results. And they're also looking into Lindsey Graham's call to overturn. So that's interesting that Lindsey Graham is involved, could be involved in this, and that Trump is getting um, investigated in Georgia, and that state's secretary of state is actually, was actually a Trump supporter. Fulton County is also investigating Trump. Um, if he, Trump should be charged for solicitation, election fraud, and if it was a violation of Georgia law. So Trump is in big legal trouble in Georgia, as well as the ongoing investigations in New York and D.C. So the odds of Trump running again in 2024 are very low, in my opinion. So that's it. That's the Senate trial. Lots happened. Thank God it's over. We can focus on Biden now and holding him accountable for running America. All right. Oh, that was long. <laughs> it felt like a long, long thing to talk about. Oh, but that is over now. And we can just get on. And f- like I said, focus on what Biden is going to do. All right, that is the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all liked what I said. Um, I'm just glad that the Senate trial is over. I'm glad that we can move on from this. We don't have to talk about Trump. Um, 
only if he gets arrested, if he gets charged with something, whatever. But we can not bring up his name anymore. All right, so that's that. That's the episode. I want to do a shout out. Um, if you go to my Twitter account, I, I made a podcast, uh, a Twitter account specifically for my podcast. It is at MC Take on America. So at MC T A K E O O N A M E R I C A. MC Take on America. It's my podcast page. You can, I'll be posting links to my podcast as well as my friend's podcast. I have a wonderful friend named Lila. She has her own podcast. It's Lila's World. Check it out. Um, it's on Anchor. I have a link to it on my webpage, on my uh, Twitter page, on my podcast Twitter page. Um, go to her Twitter account also at L-A-U-R-A-V-E-L-E-Z-G-0-1. She has her podcast, uh, Lila's World, on Anchor. It's also on Spotify. If you go to go to her page, she has a link to her Anchor account. You can listen to it on Spotify as well as other platforms. Please listen to Lila's World. It's a fantastic podcast. Follow her on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, my per, my um, podcast page or my personal page, which is now... At Mr. Underscore Canada 83. So at M I S T E R underscore C A N A D A 83. All right, that's it for today. I don't know when the next episode will be. I'm hoping maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. We'll see what happens. Catch you guys all later. Stay safe and be healthy. And thank you for listening to this. I really, really appreciate the love and support you all have been showing me. Thank you so much.